Good evening, and welcome to Voice of the Parrot. I'm your host, Shasta Ray, and I am joined in the studio by the giant dog. Yes, we are back in the studio. Oh my gosh, it's nice to be back here a little bit more organized and a lot less distracted because I don't have seven adorable little feathery crazy birds running around and flapping and chirping and stuff. I just turn into a little kid around those birds. Oh my gosh. Murray tried to get down here and he wanted to tear up my mouse pad and my computer and have a heyday and I stuck him up in the bird room so he and the budgies are up there watching Beverly Hillbillies. <laughs> He's not very happy. Anyway, such is life. He got tons and tons and tons of attention earlier and he'll be getting some before bedtime so it's no no problem. He's not abused. A couple of announcements. So first off, Thank you for your patience. I apologize for last week. I just was not feeling well and I needed to recoup a little bit. So thanks for your patience and sticking by and joining me again this week. Yay, I feel so much better. A lot more energy going on, a lot more energy. And so the first thing I wanted to start with this week before I forget is if you go to the TikTok channel, you're going to find that it is not there. Not that I did anything with it. I didn't push it. I didn't put any content on there. I had a TikTok shop account, and I had started putting some t-shirts and stuff on there. I hadn't worked on it, and it was just a back burner thing. I thought, well, I'll get that going, but and it's not going to hurt if it just sits there and isn't used, right? You create the account. You don't use it for a couple of months. Eh, who cares, right? Well, apparently... TikTok cares. And if you're not making money for them and you opened a shop, they don't like that. They will find a reason to shut you down. So I got a notification that I was committing violations and they shut me down because of it, but I hadn't used the channel, so I don't know what the violation was. They didn't tell me. They tend to do this. They will shut you down for no reason, apparently. I did a little digging. I found some forums out there with a lot of people that have had that same experience, with the exception that they had built an audience on their TikTok channel. They had thousands and thousands and thousands of followers in some cases. No idea what was wrong, got shut down, don't even have their channel anymore. Not just their shop, their entire channel got shut down. Now for me, I tried to do a, a dispute on it, and I did get, miraculously, a customer service person that responded. So they asked me for identification, scan your driver's license, send that to us. So I did. And then I get a response saying, that file type is not supported, even though I sent them what they asked for. And then I had started finding all these posts about other people with problems that never did get it resolved. They got blown off. Time went by. I got blown off. They weren't responding. So I just shut down the entire channel. I thought, you know, I've got the YouTube channel and I'll just, I'll work on building that a little bit more. So that's, that's that with the TikTok channel. So I will just keep posting on the YouTube channel and I encourage everyone to go there. I do post most of my episodes of the podcast on the YouTube channel. Every now and then one or two doesn't get posted and that's just kind of how it goes sometimes. I don't get a whole lot of people watching 
the YouTube presentations of the same podcast. I just recycle it over there. So I don't get really too awful bent on getting every episode, but I probably get about eh, 95% of them up there. Anyway, I find that podcast people listen to podcasts, YouTube people watch videos. There's not a lot of crossover with that. Sometimes there is. Sometimes if you get podcasters that do video with their podcast, they post it there and then they got a video and then they get watched. I'm not into video. There's just too much to edit and it adds too much to the plate. I love audio. I love doing podcasting. That's where my passion is. So that's why I'm here. And uh, sounds like Giant Dog is starting to breathe heavy over there. <laughs> he is still recouping from his knee surgery reconstruction, and it really took a lot more out of him this time around. I've noticed it has affected his energy levels tremendously. So I've been giving him a little bit of extra TLC, he gets his walks every day, and he gets special attention, and uh, yeah, he's doing good, but it is zapping him, and he's still still trying to get his energy levels back where I'm happy with anyway. And with that said, I wanted to talk a little bit about giant dog and birds as service animals and emotional support animals and the responsibility behind such things. Something came up in the news this week. And it got the wheels turning for this week's episode. So I thought I would just touch on it a little bit. I don't want to get too preachy about this. But there are some rules that I think get missed by a lot of people. And I think there's a lot of really bad information. So I wanted to kind of clarify a few things and talk about my personal situation. I have anxiety problems. And the anxiety has been building and building and building over about the last eight years or so. It wasn't too awful bad in the beginning, and it's just been getting progressively worse. Stress triggers it. Any kind of stress can trigger an anxiety attack for me. I am healing from this. And what causes my anxiety, I have no problems talking about this, it turns out that I have a genetic problem that causes me to not absorb certain vitamins, namely my B vitamins. B vitamins are incredibly important for good health. And over time, and the older you get, you start getting problems sometimes. Everyone's symptoms are different when they have this problem. For me, it's caused a lot of anxiety, depression, and when that happens, there are no medications that will touch it because it's a physical problem and you put drugs on it, it makes it worse, actually. So I've finally found out how to address it and it's slowly healing. It takes time. It's not instant. But that's been my, my issue and that's what Giant Dog helps me with. He is actually a registered service animal that helps me with anxiety. But that does not mean that I abuse the fact that I have a little card for him and have him registered as such. He's very necessary for me. He is my friend, he is my family, and he takes care of me. He is very, very amazing. He's very attentive to me. But he functions really well at home. He knows what to do, and he's very empathic. He can sense when I'm getting stressed out and it's affecting me and those nerves are starting to fire wrong and it's starting to amp me up. He can sense this in me sometimes before I know it's going to happen. 
And what he typically does is he gets up, he comes over, he gets in my face, he starts wagging his tail, and he's 130 pounds. He's huge. And you cannot ignore a dog like this that is being all happy and trying to distract you and insisting that you pet him. And if I try to ignore him, he will get very obnoxious about it and make me do it. <laughs> he's awesome. He's wonderful. And I will sit there and giggle like a little kid sometimes. But that does not mean that I abuse the situation. And what I mean by that is a lot of times people will get their dog or an animal registered as an emotional support animal so they can take them places and they can take them on airplanes and they can take them on buses and this and that. This has caused a lot of problems and I'm sure everyone has seen articles and heard it on the news, this and that. If anyone has ever been on an airplane where someone has a dog like this and the dog's running up and down the aisle and it poops and it does stuff and it's biting people and snarling, that is not an emotional support animal that should be on a plane. That is a person that is abusing their privilege with this. In order to have a dog like that, they have to be trained for those situations. You cannot take it out of the living room where it's really well behaved and functioning and stick it in a situation like that and expect it to perform and behave the way it would at home. It won't happen. That's still a pet. That's still just a pet that's acting in a certain way at home, and you should respect that situation. A lot of people will register their dogs as an ESA so they can break the rules. This isn't cool. If you really, really, really believe that your dog or your animal is behaving as an emotional support animal to you, you need to get a therapist that is going to decide if this is right for you and if you can register it as such, and you need to have a trained professional back you with this. And then you need to be very honest with yourself as to whether or not it is appropriate to take that animal with you on an airplane or on a bus or in public or in a store, that sort of thing. If your dog is trained for such and it behaves appropriately, that is one thing. If it is actually necessary for you to have that dog in those situations, and we're just talking about dogs right now. So again, if it is necessary for your coping skills to have that animal with you, and it does act as a crutch for you in that capacity, and it is completely attentive to you. That's different. If you're just trying to get away with something, please don't. Please do not ruin it for other people just because you don't want to pay a dog sitter, or you don't want to pay to have your animal boarded somewhere when you're taking a trip or whatever. If it is not trained well to be in a hotel room, and it's not potty trained well, anything, you're not going to create a good situation for yourself, and you're not going to create a good situation for that animal. It is going to be stressed out. It is not going to be behaving as an ESA or a service animal if you registered it for the wrong reasons, and it's not trained to be that way. I have spent an exorbitant amount of money on dog trainers with this dog, and even so, I would never take him on an airplane. I would never take him on public transportation. I would never take him in a grocery store. He's 130 pounds. He's my size. And he would not fit on an airplane, nor is he trained 
to be on an airplane. He functions for me in my home when I need him to function, and that's where I need him the most. That's when I need him because I live alone and I really don't have any family. I live in a state where all of my friends live in other states. I need this animal. When life gets too much for me, and when my nervous system was at its peak level of breakdown when my anxiety was the worst, I needed this animal. Absolutely. But I'm also very realistic. I don't need him when I go to the grocery store. I don't need him when I go to certain situations like the bank or whatever. I go do my thing and I come home. And if I'm having a day where I'm struggling, I stay home and I just do some self-care for a while. Usually there's no need to push myself when I'm feeling like there's a problem going on and my nervous system is kind of out of whack. There's ways around this. Now, for some people, it can be very necessary. So if you do find that you are someone that's thinking about registering a dog or any kind of animal as an ESA, and you can, you need to talk to a trained therapist and make sure that you can get the appropriate backing from a professional to get that dog registered properly. Service dogs are usually trained very specifically. Now, Giant Dog reacted to me normally. He's very tuned into me, and he's very, very sensitive to whatever my energies are, and he reacts appropriately. But when I'm out in public, he's distracted, and there are certain situations that I can take him in public, and he is very attentive to me. But if I had him in a very stressful situation like an airplane and he's not trained for that, plus he's enormous, that would not be appropriate in my situation at all. And I won't do it. So the whole point of this is if you're tempted to do something just to get away with something, please don't. It ruins it for all the people that really need that ability to register their animal as such. But this is a bird podcast, right? So I wanted to talk a little bit about what I learned. Birds absolutely can be registered as emotional support animals. Do you know why? They are even more empathic and dialed into their owners that they're bonded with when it comes to emotions and that sort of thing. I would say that Murray is way above and beyond that capacity compared to Giant Dog. Absolutely. That bird is on it before Giant Dog is. Holy cow. The longer I have had Murray, the more he is completely attentive to me. And he just flies across the room, lands on me, and he starts talking to me. I taught him to say I love you, and he, he knows when to say it, too. It is amazing. He just senses it. But I've had him since he was six weeks old, and I have spent hours and hours and hours with this bird. They are very, 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 very sensitive to these things. They are very empathic and they are incredible. So I did a little bit of looking into this, like, can a bird be trained to be an emotional support animal or even maybe even a service animal in that capacity? And I would say, yes, absolutely. I did find support on that online. And I want to encourage anyone that feels like this is a good fit to explore it if you have this sort of need. However, please, please, please reconsider if you're doing this to take your bird on trips or to take them on airplanes, that sort of thing. Birds tend to be very, very loud. 
and they are not going to be desensitized to those kinds of situations. You could have a major problem and you could upset a lot of people on that flight, on that bus, in that hotel, wherever it is that you're trying to take that bird. And if it's not used to that sort of thing, it's it's going to be angry, it's going to be stressed out, and you could have a major problem on your hands. So the whole point is, I just wanted to kind of do some awareness on this. I have seen so many times, I've heard people talk about it, people have talked about it with me. Oh yeah, I'm just going to go register my animals, that way I don't have to get it boarded, or I don't have to get a pet sitter I'll just get it registered and I'll just say that I, I need it. That's not fair to the animal. You haven't trained it to be that for you. It may function like that for you at home, and that's great. If you need that bird, oh my gosh, absolutely. Get it registered. Talk to your therapist. Make sure it's appropriate. And if it's not the wrong kind of bird, it may help you with housing if you need to get into an apartment or something and you need to have that bird but here again, if you've got like a cockatoo or a sun conure or something that is incredibly noisy, please reconsider if you're just doing it to break the rules. That is not what an emotional support animal or a service animal is about. It is not about breaking rules so that you can live somewhere and not have to get rid of the, the bird or dog. What happens with these situations is you need to plan ahead and think ahead and be prepared for these things because life can throw you a curveball. And sometimes people do have to change jobs or move or be in a temporary situation. And it can be hard, especially with a large bird or a very loud bird. You have to be prepared for these kinds of things. You have to think ahead. So please, I implore all of you, if you have depression, if you have anxiety, or anything that your bird you're finding helps you with, get that thing registered. Talk to your therapist and discuss the situation and then always act in an appropriate way with that registered animal. That might help you when you need that help. It may give you a legal edge when you need that legal edge, but don't do it as an excuse to get away with something. I would, here again, I would never take giant dog in certain situations, it would be worse on him. It would be very hard on him. And he would not be focused on me if I had an anxiety attack in that moment. Here's a really good example. You may have a dog that behaves very well at home, and it comes when you call, and it does everything you want it to do, and it knows tricks, and it is right there at your feet at all times. I have seen people take dogs like this to the park and let them off leash because they come uncalled so well. In my state, you cannot legally have your dog off leash if it does not have an off leash permit. And most of the time, if it is not trained to be off leash, it knows it's off leash and it's going to go do what it wants. It will run over to other people. It will run over to other dogs. It will bite people. It will charge dogs. It will do all sorts of stuff. If it's not properly trained, I have run into these dogs many, many, many times. Having giant dog, he is a big target for other dogs. They want to go challenge him. Then you get this idiot in the park screaming at their dog, wondering why it won't come one called. 
Well, here's an idea. Don't let it off leash. It's not trained to be off leash. Or take it to a dog park. But if it's not dog friendly, you shouldn't take it to a dog park. That's another thing. People take their dogs to a dog park and they are not dog friendly and fights break out. That's not cool either. So I don't want to make this strictly about dogs, but people are trying to get away with having birds as ESAs so they can take them on flights and stuff with them. If you really need that bird, oh my gosh, lean into it. That little bird can make your life so much better. But don't make the bird's life worse by putting it in situations it's not trained to be in. If you think it's a possibility and you think that bird could be trained to go on airplanes, that sort of thing, you're going to have to follow the rules, keep it in a carrier, make sure that you don't get away with something you're just trying to get away with. That's not cool. But even if it's in a carrier, it may not be appropriate to take that bird in that situation. What's a better idea is be very honest with yourself. If you do find that you are really struggling without your animal and you're just going into anxiety because that animal's not with you or whatever, you need to find a different peace of mind. These birds are still wild animals. They can function for us. They can be a very healing thing for a person that really needs that, especially if it's the perfect match. But please, I implore of you, be very responsible with it. I have to refer back to when Microdog passed away. I was not prepared for how attentive Murray was going to be with me when he saw that I was grieving that little dog for a good hard week. Oh my gosh, I was so sad. But Murray would not leave me alone. He knew there was something wrong. He knew he could sense it in me. And oh my gosh, he was just on me all the time. He wouldn't leave. He would not unhitch himself from my shoulder, my head, my shirt, my arm, my wrist. He was literally glued to me. And then when I started feeling better, he started doing his own thing and playing with his toys and he wasn't as worried about me anymore. But he knew I needed him. So keep it in context, keep it appropriate for the situation. And a, a good idea might be if your bird is trained to be on a harness, and that can take a couple of months to get it where it'll even wear a harness without freaking out. It takes time. There's all sorts of videos out there on the internet if you want to teach your bird how to wear a harness. Make sure that the bird is comfortable with it and you have taken all the appropriate training steps so that bird can do that. And then you might be able to take it in public with you if the situation is correct for it. And you may have to desensitize your bird. If you've got the luxury of a bird trainer or a bird behaviorist that can work with you on this a little bit so you know the best ways to accomplish this, don't try to do it by yourself if you don't really have the tools and know how to do it. Have someone help you. But there are absolutely places where you can take your bird and it's probably okay. I wouldn't take a bird into any store, grocery stores, or just anywhere. I just wouldn't. I don't think it's appropriate. I don't think it's necessary. If I'm having a bad day, I don't go to the store. I stay home and do self-care. I hang with the dog. I take a walk. I take a bath. I do whatever it is that I need to do to get myself normalized. The best thing that's been for me is learning how to heal my body and heal my nervous system. And that's been probably the best thing. 
Not everyone has that luxury though. So please think about it before you just register an animal, no matter what kind of animal that is. Please be aware of the rules, talk to a professional, and if it's a good fit, oh my gosh, heck yeah, do it. Make sure that it's a good fit though. That's all I really got for you this week. Be responsible with your animals, have fun with them, lean on them for moral support, lean on them for emotional support, enhance your life, be happier, and be a better human because of them. But here again, please be responsible, and please don't ruin it for those of us that really do need those permits. We've already had a lot of people over the past 10 years completely obliterate a lot of that and make it a very bad hated on thing. And for the rest of you, if you don't have an animal and you don't have a need like this, the last thing I want to say is, if you see somebody with their service animal in public, whatever that animal is, it's usually going to be a dog, don't forget, do not distract that animal from its job. Don't walk up and pet it. Do not walk up and interact with it. Do not try to distract it from what it's supposed to be doing. That is not cool. It is not your place. And the best thing you can do, look that human being right in the eye and tell them what a beautiful, incredibly trained animal they have and how lucky they are that they have such a wonderful companion to help them. And then go about your day. Please do not interact with that animal. Last but not least, whether it's an ESA or just a pet, be aware that if someone has a parrot on their shoulder, especially if it's any species of conure or larger, trying to interact with that bird when it doesn't know you could get your finger bitten pretty hard. So please keep your hands to yourself when it comes to other people's animals. I don't care how pretty they are and how much you want to just love up on them, it's not your animal, and it could cause a lot of problems that you just don't want to engage with. Admire from afar, and make it a great day. Have a good one, everyone. Bye-bye.